good morning again. Amen. How's that worship? Woohoo! Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So today we can, we're going to conclude our series, The Grind, persevering through this tough world. And, and as we've been going through this series and looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, um, one of the things we've been learning in our own lives is that we've had to persevere, that life is not easy. We, we've got to continue. We've got to continue to move forward in everything we do. And from way back at the beginning of week one of this series, we talked about how Jesus even said that apostle, the apostle Paul would have to learn to suffer for him. And the one thing we've all learned is that each one of us suffer at some time in life. Life is not always a bowl of cherries. Sometimes it has pits. And sometimes we get caught up in that. And we looked, as we continued to look, we looked at and we asked that question, is Christ enough? Y'all remember when I asked you that question, is Christ enough? And everyone, yes. And then we got about halfway through the sermon and you're like, ooh, is Christ really enough? Because it's very easy for us as Christians to say, Christ is enough for me. But is, he, is Christ really enough when we're struggling? when we're going through and we're persevering through this tough world. This week, uh, last week, we kind of looked at balancing joy and suffering. And this week, we're going to look at one of the final letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, that he wrote to young Timothy. But before we do that, I want to do a comparison of two people's lives. And both of these people, each of you should know, but you probably didn't know this part of their life. So bear with me for a second. But this first person, just give you some background on them. At the age of 22, they failed in business. At the age of 23, they ran for the legislator. Legis wow. They ran, they ran for office in the government. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so at 23, they got defeated. At 24, they failed in business again. At the age of 25, again, they were, uh, they were elected into the government. Um, they had a, their sweetheart passed away when he was, the person was 26. At 27, this person had a nervous breakdown. At 29, they were defeated for Speaker of the House. At 31, they were defeated as an elector. At the age of 34, they were defeated when they ran for Congress. They were then elected for Congress when they were 37. At 39, they got kicked back out of Congress because they lost. They got defeated for the Senate at age 46. At age 47, they actually ran on the presidential ticket as a vice president and lost. Again, got defeated as a senator at the age of 49, but at 51, was elected president of the United States. Abraham Lincoln. Hard life. And we all know he had a hard life, and he continued to struggle with it. Now, this next person this had a bout with polio. Um, with the bout with polio, the left foot was crooked, her right foot was actually turned in, and she had to wear braces as a kid. And after seven years of wearing these braces and going through this excruciating pain, she was finally able to walk without braces. And she was so excited that she was able to do this that at the age of 12, she actually tried out for the, women's bas uh, the girls' basketball team, and she didn't make it. And she was determined... I'm going to do this. So she got with two of her male friends, one of her girlfriends, and practiced every single day. 
Every single day she practiced, the next year she went ahead and she made the basketball team. Well, while out there playing basketball, a college track coach actually saw her running up and down the court and convinced her, hey, you need to teach, you need to let me teach you how to be a runner. And at 14 years old, she was out sprinting every U.S. sprinter. She was faster than them. In 1956, she made the U.S. Olympic team. She went over to the Olympics with high hopes and failed. Did very poorly. Instead of quitting at this point, she continued. It motivated her to train even that much harder. And she made the 1960 Olympics that were held in Rome. And she won three gold medals, the most of a woman at that time. And most of you will know her as Wilma Rudolph. Both these people have a lot in common. Now, it's not just that they were good Americans or great Americans. They definitely had a lot in common. They were more than just determined. They were more than just having this can-do attitude. Despite having setbacks and despite everything else, they continued to run the race. They wanted to finish the race and they wanted to finish strong. And I think as Christians, we need to be able to do that same thing. We need to be able to finish our Christian race and finish it strong. And, and as we look at this and I kind of look at my own life, I think of struggles I've had in my life. You know, back when I was in the Marine Corps, a buddy of mine had entered a bike race. It was for charity, like a 30-mile bike race. And it turned out he couldn't go, and I didn't have a bike, so I borrowed his. So we threw it in the back of the truck and went from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to New Bern, North Carolina. God dropped me off, and I got ready for the race. The race started. I started pedaling, and I felt like I was like in 10th gear going uphill. I was just pedaling and pedaling. It wasn't going anywhere, and I was struggling. And I did this for like two or three miles, and it started getting a little easier, but my legs were getting burnt out. By mile four, it became really easy to pedal, but I had no strength left in my legs. I actually had to pull over and rest for like a half hour to kind of let my legs rest. And while I was sitting there waiting and resting my legs, what I noticed is the back rear brake pedal, the back was touching the tire. So for four miles, I pedaled this bike just grudgingly pushing myself, legs on fire, and it got easier because guess what? I wore out the brake pad so it wasn't touching the back tire. So I finally, I, got, I fixed it, I got back on the bike, and I continued to go, but my legs were hurting. But I finished the race. Now to make it worse is after I finished the race, I had to get from New Bern back to Jacksonville, and my buddy didn't come pick me up. So I had to ride the bike back. So it was like late at night, two-lane back country road. They didn't have bike lanes back then, you know, but I was determined to finish the race. Even struggles in my own life, whether it was losing a job, quitting a job, um, relationships, we all have struggles. Think about some of the struggles you may have had in your life. You know, there's people in this room who can stand up and say, I've been clean and sober for so many years. Some a lot longer than others. Some wishing they could stand up and say, I'm clean and sober. You know, we have different things, struggles in our own lives where 
maybe it's a job that you're struggling with. You're trying to get ahead. Or maybe you've been trying to get ahead for a while and it just seems like you're not getting there. And there's times you just want to give up. Grades in school. You know, how many times were, you know, as parents, we wanted our kids to get A's, but we were C students. But we pushed our kids to get A's and, we, oh, no, you got to get the better grade. You got to do better. You got to do better. And we put all this pressure on our own kids to be perfect. And none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And we won't be perfect, but we can still be victorious by persevering to the end. We can, still be perf- we can still persevere to the end, which is what we're called to do. We're called to continue to persevere. And as we look at this today, we've got to remember that this game of life, that we, we're going through this grind each and every day, that we've got to learn to fight the good fight and understand that we need to finish the race. We don't need to win it. Too many of us are trying to win the race. It's not about win, it's about finishing but yet we want to all win because you get that competitive attitude in you and I got to be first. Well, being first in the Christian race isn't always the best place to be. We just need to finish the race. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Apostle Paul's letter to uh, Timothy. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. As a reminder, we'll always be up here on the screen. And if you joined us for church online, we appreciate you being here. But like I say every week, as much as we appreciate you coming and checking us out, don't let this be a, you not connected to a local church. You know, our, our, we should be connected to a local church where you can work on your relationship with Jesus and with others. It doesn't have to be this church. Get connected to a local church someplace. We're about building the body of Christ. And if we build the body of Christ, we're doing what Jesus called us to do. We're filling heaven. The church is a byproduct. So if you join us online, make sure you're connected to a local church. And hey, if you just happen to be there this week, come in the house next week. Amen? Amen. All right, so 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. Let me get to the right chapter here. So, all right, I got lost for a second. So, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read a couple verses to start out with because I really want to break this down to you. So, verse 3 says, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Now, I just want to stop there for a second. Does that sound familiar? That's very present day, isn't it? Because in today's culture, culture wants to tell you what the truth is, correct? And they want to go away from what God's word says. Oh, that's just a good history book. But it's the word of God, and we as Christ followers, we need to be the ones to change the culture and not let the culture change us. But unfortunately, in today's world, culture is deciding what is truth and what is not truth because they're getting that itching of the ear. They're listening to what they want to hear instead of what God's word says, and they're turning away from the truth. You know, and unfortunately, even in churches, 
you have pastors and teachers and people turning from the truth of God's word. You've got people out there with the prosperity, name it, claim it. You've got people out there just selling their half gospel. You know, God loves you because you're amazing. Well, guess what? God loves you, but are you amazing? No. So if I was in a church where someone told me God loves you because you're amazing, I'd be like, well, I'm in the wrong place. Because Lord knows I'm not amazing. And then you get caught up with that Christian, the, the Christian thought of, well, you just got to do better. You know, if you do a little bit more, maybe you're not getting it because. And we've seen that. I've seen it on TV. And there are people who go to churches and preachers in the pulpit today that preach that each and every week. Well, you just got to do better. You got to do more. John, you just got to do better at your life, man. I know you're trying, John, but you got to do better. You got to, but God loves you because you're awesome, John. Okay. It's a half gospel. It's not the truth. And unfortunately, that's what people want to hear. Because why? Because it tickles their ears. It makes you, I feel good today. God loves me because I'm awesome. I'm not awesome, but that's okay. But that's what people are hearing because it's tickling their own ears. And we, we have to understand that people need to hear the entire gospel. People need to hear the truth in everything. Because we need to understand that we've got to take root of this gospel even in our sinful flesh. Even when we mess up. Because we're not going to be awesome. But guess what? God loves you right where you are. God loves you while you're still a sinner. God loves you while you're still in them soils and you're still trying to make it and figure it out. God loves you right where you're at. And he will meet you right where you're at. It's not about getting better. It's not about doing better, doing more. Being obedient is what it requires. Opening up and hearing the hard truth of, hey, sometimes you're not going to be good enough. Sometimes it just isn't going to work out. Sometimes it's tough, but we have to be able to persevere. We have to be able to persevere. So in verse 5 actually says this, but as for you, exercise self-control in everything, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Now, real quick, put that slide back up. No problem. Give it up for the, no, I'm not going to go. But as for you, I want you guys to do something. Insert your name there. But as for Andrea, but as for Kathy, as for Jerry, as for John, as for Kevin, but as for Ken, exercise self-control in everything. Think of yourself in that situation. Exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Now, some of you are sitting there going, I'm not an evangelist. Pastor, that's not me. Here's a news flash. Yes, it is. What do we read every week at the end of service? Luke 10, 2. What are we called to be? Laborers in the harvest. Each one of us is called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every one of us is called to spread God's word. Every one of us is called to do the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of who? All nations. Doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have taught you. 
That's what we're called to do. Being laborers in the harvest. So when you read that, what do we need to do? We need to exercise self-control in everything. We need to endure during hardships, do the work, and most importantly, fulfill your ministry. Each one of us has a different ministry. That ministry could be inside your workplace. That ministry could be inside your home. It could be out there standing on a street corner. It could be in school, wherever it is. Each of us have a ministry. Make sure we're doing it. Make sure we're doing it because guess what? That is part of the fight. That is part of finishing strong. That is part of finishing the race that we have as Christ followers. Verses 6 through 8 go on. They say this. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Amen. So as we continue and we look at this, each of us should be able to say that. Each of us should be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Understand, the apostle Paul wrote this to Timothy within like three years of him passing away and meeting Jesus again face to face. And he's sitting here telling Timothy, I fought the good fight. I ran the race. I finished strong. Some of us have stepped out of the race because we think we're done. And I've said it before. If your heart is still pumping and you're still breathing, God's not done with you yet. You're still in the race. You still need to go on. And if you have a problem saying, you know, pastor, I just can't say this. I can't say that I'm, you know, I'm finishing strong. There's still time to get in the race. There's still time to get up. There's still time to move. And there's still time to do what God has called you to accomplish. You just got to get up and move. Just move. Continue to move forward. The end of his life, Paul declared, I have fought the good fight. Are you going to be able to declare that near the end of your life? I fought the good fight. Well, I fought the good fight, but I haven't done nothing in 10 years because... You know, I got old. I did my share. Uh, I, 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 I. You know, whenever you start saying I, it becomes an excuse. We need to continue to move forward. Paul said he fought the good fight, and the Greek word is actually that he uses here is where we get our word agony from. And it actually means to fight a fierce competition or to struggle or have a combat. So Paul's basically saying that his ministry was tough. His ministry was agonizing to him. There's times it was difficult. Kind of sounds like our life, isn't it? And as we go through life doing what God called us to do, we're going to have struggles. There's times it's going to be agonizing doing what you're called to do. Especially sometimes when it comes to other family members and friends. And you're out there talking to them about Jesus and talking about eternity and talking about what we should be doing in life. Sometimes it's agonizing and you've got to put up a fight. But like we said on Wednesday night, if you haven't been here in our apologetics class, don't argue. There's no sense in arguing. You're not going to win that battle. Do it with love 
and let them explain why they don't believe. Because trust me, letting them explain why they don't believe is harder than you explaining why you do believe. Take that time and fight the fight. The Apostle Paul never budged. He never budged from what he was doing, and he stayed in the fight, and he was faithful to his call. Are each of you faithful to your call? I've failed. I've failed along the way. I still fail every day in my calling. But thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. And, and, and as I looked at perseverance, I realized perseverance is a lot like patience. And none of us like to have patience. But perseverance requires time of waiting. Now, and during that time of waiting, it, it requires us to be content in that time that we're waiting. And none of us like to be waiting, and we're definitely not going to be content while we're waiting. But that's what we're called to do. And as we're persevering, we're not just sitting there waiting. We're fighting that battle as we continue. We're fighting that battle for our faith as we continue to move forward. And perseverance demands that we continue to fight that good fight. Fight it till the end. I think it's interesting the Apostle Paul in this passage uses the metaphor of an athlete. And if you remember back in the Apostle Paul's day, they used to get that crown of like leaves or whatever it was. I was actually looking for one I was going to wear during the sermon. Thank God I couldn't find one because I would look kind of silly up here. But I was going to wear one during the sermon and say, hey, this is my crown of righteousness. Because that's the crown he was working for. But, but he makes that metaphor towards athletes. And because what do athletes do? They try and win the prize. They train day in and day out to get better and better. We as Christ followers should do the same. Train in and out each and every day. And how do we do that? We do that by spending time in God's word. Paul actually talks to Timothy prior to this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He actually tells Timothy this. But as for you, continuing what you have learned and firmly believed, you know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, as we focus on eternity, we focus on God, we've got to focus on his word. Focus on what his word calls us to do. That's what helps us to get up every day. That's what gives us the motivation to continue going on. And remember, it, it's not about coming in first. It's about finishing. It's not about quoting more scripture than someone else. It's not about trying to be holier than thou. It's about finishing the race. You don't have to be first. I'll be perfectly happy with being last. I'll be the day of the rapture, take me last. I'll, I'm not going down with the ship. Take me. I don't want to be here afterwards. Because like we said, the day of the rapture, there's still going to be preachers in the pulpit and people in the pews. Looking around going, what happened? Be interesting to see what the news has to say about it, but I don't plan on being here for that. <clears throat> but we got to understand that with that, we just need to never give up. Never give up. Never just don't quit. 
Don't quit on your calling. Don't quit on what God called you to do. Continue to move forward in this life each and every day. And understand, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. Some of us have fallen down more than once. Some of us are going to fall behind. But each one of us can get back up and get in that race. Don't get caught on the sidelines. Get up, get back into the race. Figure out what it is that's causing you to struggle and stumble and fall in the first place and get it out of your life. Get it gone so that you can continue moving forward. Because there's nothing more Satan will want to do than put an obstacle in your life to stop you from completing the mission God has for you. And too many times we'll let that, whatever that stumbling block is, stop us and say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not awesome today, so God don't love me. Well, I might as well just give up and do this on my own. And people do that every day. Get back up, get in the race. If you've went to the wayside and you're kind of like, well, you know, I come to church because that's what I have to do and that's what I've done my whole life and, and so I got to be here and I've got to sit in this pew, in this place at this time, but your life doesn't do anything afterwards, get back in the race. Get back in the race. All you're doing is keeping dust out of a certain spot in a pew. Get back in the race and get out there and do what Jesus called you to do. Be a laborer in the harvest for everything that you do. God empowers us. And remember, Paul finished the race well because he was faithful. We can finish the race well because we're faithful. We'll never be perfect. None of us will ever be perfect. But we can still be victorious by persevering in the race. I actually like the way Newt Gingrich put it. He said, perseverance is hard work, is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. Say that again. Perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did. How many of us going through life, we've done a lot of hard work, right? And we haven't arrived yet. That's where that perseverance comes in. We have done all of this to get to here. And we're tired. And I get it. You get tired of doing work. You get tired of, man, I've been talking to my sister for 20 years about Jesus. And she just don't get it. Perseverance is after doing all that hard work, I continue to do it. And I continue to love her. And I continue to talk to her about Jesus. Each one of us has someone in our life that is breaking us down. And man, I just can't talk to them anymore. They just don't get it. Continue to persevere doing that hard work because at some point it will pay off. Sooner or later it pay off. It may be someone next to them that heard you. It may not be that person. But sooner or later it'll pay off and we got to continue to move forward in everything that we do. Continue to move forward because when trouble comes, it's going to test our character. It's going to test our strength, and we're going to see if we're able to persevere or not. God gives us the strength to continue to persevere. God's the one who keeps us going. Of course, we stay rooted through his word to continue to give us the strength to do it. Only God can provide that strength for us to persevere. 
And some of you may be sitting here saying, you know, Pastor, I'm done. I can't do it. I've had enough. Man, I've done my part. It's time to stand up and just put one foot in front of the other. Continue in the race. Continue to walk the path that God has for you. No one ever said it was going to be easy. Remember way back week one, he will know how much he has to suffer for me. That's every one of us. Every single one of us has to suffer as we go through this life. We don't like it. It'd be a whole lot easier just to say, well, your word says this, I name it, I claim it. Poof, it happened. Makes it a whole lot easier. But that's not life. That's not life. Winning the lottery is not going to make you happy. Watch TV. It may make you happy for a little bit. Woohoo! But what about later down the line? You got to continue to move. We got to continue to persevere, continue to do what God called us to do. He wants us to live in stride with him, not becoming tired. Don't let the battles you face every day get you tired. Don't make them bat- let them battles be what makes you stop. Got cancer survivors in this room. Cancer didn't stop them. Got COVID survivors in this room. COVID didn't stop them. Got people in this room who drinking, drugs, everything else didn't stop them. They're still going. What's stopping you? Whatever that struggle is, whatever it is in your life, it's time to cast it aside and let it go and truly believe that God still has a plan for you. God still has a purpose for your life and you need to continue to do what he's called you to do. Are you willing to continue to stand up and take a step for God? Are you ready to persevere and continue to move forward. That's what we're called to do. Be like the Apostle Paul. Not going to be perfect, but we can still be victorious. The Apostle Paul finished strong. As Christians, we should finish strong. We need to fight the good fight and continue in our lives. And you know, some of you may be sitting there going, well, pastor, you don't know my life. You don't know this struggle I got. Maybe I don't. But you know who does? He does. He has the power to change that struggle in your life. Only power I got is through him through being obedient to what he calls me to do, putting barriers between me and them struggles, putting barriers between me and them triggers that cause me to stumble and fall. But I got to continue to run that race. And some of you may be saying, well, you know, 
I don't know Jesus. And he can't love me. You know, God can't love me because I'm not awesome. Well, God's word says we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. So you're not alone. But it also says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to have it all together. And that's okay because we're all messed up and jacked up, but we are loved. We have a God who loves us just the way we are. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can come up front during this final song. I'll be over on the side and we can talk about it and pray a prayer of salvation and you can join this messed up, jacked up family. If you're waiting to be perfect, you're wasting your time because it's not going to happen. If you're waiting for the right time, well, the right time in the day of salvation is today. Take the step forward. Well, maybe you've been playing Christian for so long and, and you've decided I'm not in this race anymore and you need to get back into the race. Come up to the altar. Take time at this altar and leave it up here and say, God, I need it. I need you to get me back into this race. I need to take these steps. I need to finish strong. And Lord, I'm hurting. I'm tired. But I need you. And you can do it up here at the altar. You can do it right where you're at. But I encourage you when you leave here today that when you leave here, you're looking to get back in the race. It's no longer good to sit on the sidelines. It's time to get in the race and continue to do what God called you to do. Be who God wants you to be and who he's called you to be. Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. Lord, that they will continue to fight the good fight. That they will continue to walk the path that you have for them, Lord, and not falling backwards. Lord, and if they do fall down, I ask that you pick them back up and steer them in the right direction. Lord, that you will take any stumbling block in their life and remove it, Lord. Put a barrier between whatever it is that's stopping them from doing what you called them to do. Lord, that they will seek you with the whole heart and that they will be obedient to your call. And Lord, if anyone here is, needs to get back in the race, I, I urge you to make them make that move, Lord. That they will hear your voice and understand your plan, that they will get up, Lord. That they will get up and move for you and do what you've called them to do. And Lord, if someone doesn't know you, I ask that you make them, bring them forward today because today is the day of salvation. And make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.